Welcome to the Dream Home Movement. This is your weekly dose of Dream Home Inspiration, bringing you clever hacks and tips from the very best local experts with your hosts, Tara and Joe. Welcome to the Dream Home Movement. I'm here today. It's Tara Vanderlight from Building Dreams, Mornington Peninsula. And as always, I am joined by my absolutely fabulous co-host, Joe Violetta from Violetta Finance. Hello, Joe. Hey, how you doing? It is an awesome day today. The weather is amazing. Oh, it's gorgeous. I'm so glad that spring has finally sprung. Oh, that's so cheesy. I can't <laughs> I just said that. Oh, oh but well, look, we're in Victoria, which is obviously part of Australia, and mm. it does get the wind do drag on a bit they do. um so we get a little bit almost eu- euphoric when the summer comes <laughs> we do because <laughs> i'm from perth so <laughs> now we've got a bit of a different show tonight haven't we tara yeah a really interesting one tonight we do so we talk about dream homes on this show and it's a lot of fun we love it but the reality is for many australians the prospect of having their dream home or even a roof over their head that they can call their own can feel like a distant, unattainable prospect, or it is a distant, unattainable prospect. Mm. Now, did you know, I did a little bit of research before the show, did you know that on Census Night 2016, over 116,000 people were counted as experiencing homelessness of some form? 116,000? Australians. Gee. Yeah. Yeah, and many of those um, people are women and children. So we do have a different episode today, a change of pace, you could say. Mm. Tonight we're talking about the extremely important issue of homelessness here in Australia, and we're absolutely honoured to have Helena, the founder (laughs) of local charitable organisation Donation Chain Inc. in the studio with us. Welcome to the studio. Hi, thank you for having me. (laughs) It's our absolute pleasure. We're we're thrilled that you could come in to um, tell us about Donation Chain and and the really important work that you're doing. Now, as always, we also have our finance segment. Sam Keats is our guest presenter for the finance segment tonight. And we have our property geek out segment with Tara. Who else? Yeah, the one in the house. In the house. Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement. Joe here. Tara and I are joined in the studio tonight by Helena, who founded local charitable organisation Donation Chain Inc. Now, Donation Chain Inc. provides. Am I supposed to say the ink at the end? Oh, no, leave it out. No. <laughs> I feel really weird <laughs> saying <laughs> the ink. <laughs> okay, I thought so, but I'm like, oh, just in case, I better say it. Um, they provide people who are experiencing homelessness and disadvantage with support. So that's quite a, a, a broad summary. Helena, can you tell us um, what sort of support Donation Chain offers and to who? So the support we currently provide uh, to the crisis centres themselves and to the support centres, so we collect toiletries and towels yep. and we take them to the crisis centres. Right. So um, that way, you know, people who are really in need mm-hmm. can take those things. And it's very often, toiletries are actually quite expensive. They are, yes. You can pay $7 for a toothbrush, yes. uh, sorry, a toothpaste, Um you know, and when you've only got $50 in your pocket, you mm. generally make the decision to eat rather than stay clean. And, um, yeah, so I don't feel that anyone should have to go without being mm-hmm. clean and feeling clean. And, 
Yeah, so that's just what we do. So essentially with everything that uh, we pass out, everything's donated to us. So there's a lot of charities that um, use finances, so the only way you can donate to them is in a monetary value. Yes, Mm -hmm. yeah. But with us, it's, you know, we can help you teach your children about the value of things as well. Yes. Take them shopping, grab an extra bit of toothpaste, grab an extra shampoo, a deodorant, and just say, you know what, this is for someone else. And um, it's just that ground roots of teaching for the next generation as well. That's a great great lesson. It is beautiful. And sometimes only being able to make a financial contribution can be a barrier for some people that Mm. want to help because they might not be in the the greatest position themselves but they're like well I'm you know I'm a little bit I'm doing a little bit better than some people ask I want to help but I'm not in a position where I've got a spare 10 bucks to sometimes they've got quite strict rules that it has to be over 20 dollars or whatever and you just might not have that or you know it has to be done online or Mm. it has just you know just things that make it complicated barriers as you're saying yeah yeah Yeah. Mm. but it's not just that also with the donations that um we receive that's something that people have chosen they've personally chosen that item yeah to give to someone less fortunate so it is a lot more personal in that sense and you know that at the end of the day that this item that you've donated will be passed on to someone who really needs it and who really appreciates it too Mm. it's very caring you know it's it's it's, it sounds like you know it's almost like someone giving a gift personally yeah and Mm. it is yeah Mm. yeah so how long how long has Donation Chain been around? When when was it founded? Um, I founded it in 2016, 1st of January. Oh, okay. wow. Oh, wow. So you had your two-year anniversary earlier on this year. Yeah. Yeah, well yeah. done. And what inspired you? Because it's a, it's a big undertaking. Um, what inspired you to, to start Donation Chain? So I've worked in and out of crisis housing and crisis support for... 10 years 11 years okay and um i've done you know residential care where we take in clients and we house them for six weeks Mm -hmm. and then we find them alternative accommodation wherever that may be that's suitable to them um and upon them leaving very often they're giving a 50 dollar voucher for a coles voucher right Mm. and that 50 dollars is literally the choice between food Mm. and you know and i've seen people trying to weigh up you know toothpaste or milk yeah hairbrush you know because all of these things for the first time can be quite expensive so expensive to get established yeah yeah to establish what you need so um i also worked with another organization that had a permanent shower that was open Mm -hmm. seven days a week Mm -hmm. um between business hours and that was constantly being used Mm. constantly so it was extremely busy in the morning because everyone would be sleeping in their cars, they'd get up, go have a shower and go to work. You know, there's right. the perception that people yeah. who are homeless don't have jobs mm. and that is just not true. Mm. So um, so that's initially what started it was um, I had my daughter, I gave birth to her on Boxing Day uh, 2015 and as I was driving out of the – well, not me, as my partner was driving out of the hospital – there was a gentleman that I know had been sleeping rough since I was a teenager, so mm. over you know a decade, and um, I saw him as we were driving home, and I just thought, you know what, I'm sick of seeing him 
in this situation. Yeah. I'm just, I'm sick of it. So working in the industry for so long, you find the gaps and you find where things aren't funded mm. or where they're not given a lot of attention to. Um, so for the instance with this gentleman, I had worked with him in the past and due to him couch surfing, sleeping in his car, all sorts of different things, he had lost all of his paperwork and identification. Yeah. Now, if you don't have a birth certificate, if you don't have photo ID, if you don't have a Medicare card, a credit card, whatever it is, you cannot prove who you are, you cannot get a job, mm. and you cannot get a rental. There mm. is just no way. So he is now stuck in this position because there is no real way to actually get him proof of identification. And until someone comes along with a way to do that, he will be in this situation forever. Wow. So, um, you know, and it's gentlemen like him that really deserve a shower. They deserve to be kept clean and and they deserve the dignity that the rest of us do. Mm. You know, homelessness can happen to anyone and it's really... It's actually happened to a lot of people. I mean, have you ever slept in your car? Uh, slept at a friend's house, even if it was temporary mm. for two weeks? Have mm. you couch surfed yep. or lived out of a, a bag? That's considered homelessness. Yeah, it is. I think there's a, a bit of a misconception around what ho- what is actually considered to be homelessness. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the stats are about 7% of people that are experiencing homelessness are sleeping rough. But mm-hmm. others, as you said, they're sleeping in their car. Mm-hmm. They're couch surfing. They're not in stable accommodation. They mm. might be in a boarding, um, a rooming house, like a, board, a boarding house, like what the Gatwick mm-hmm. used to be. So they don't have their name on a lease. They they don't own a home. Um, they don't have stable accommodation. Mm. I think yeah, a lot of people don't don't realise that that it's there's sort of this pick one picture of what mm. homelessness looks like but it's it's not that it's not just that oh no yeah no, homelessness is very varied so the majority of people that are homeless are li- like literally sleeping in their cars mm. um and couch surfing so a lot of it is overcrowding as well so if you are living in extremely overcrowded conditions that is also considered a part of being houseless as well yeah so um you know and it can be a lot of these places that, you know, people are living in are very run down. Yeah. You know, are living in deplorable states and conditions mm. that, you know, and it's because they have no other choice. That's right. You know, that's just how it is um, and their circumstances. I'm amazed that there's nothing in place to help people who don't have these essential documents because... Like, of course. It if, is, it's very difficult yeah, though, to prove who you are if yeah. you have nothing on you. There must – because I would imagine there'd be lots of people in that situation. You know, if you're if you're squatting somewhere, if you're living in your car, if you're couch surfing, you, you, you don't have like a neat little filing no. cabinet to keep all your documents no. in. So I would imagine there would be lots of people in the same situation as the gentleman that you were referring to before. And – this is uh, – so when I do outreach work and mm. um, I speak to people on the street, that's the first thing I said. Yeah. Oh, I don't have my ID. I don't have paperwork. Mm. Um, there was – when I first started doing the charity, that's something I'll never forget. There was a gentleman who had stashed all of his important paperwork and his clothes and everything he owned in the bushes. Oh, and gosh. council not knowing yeah, thought it was trash – 
and threw it out. Oh, no. So he had to quickly run to the, the council office yeah. and, you know, beg, please don't throw this stuff out. I never heard the rest of the story as mm. to whether or not he did get his these documents, but that is so important. And until mm. you don't have your birth certificate or a driver's license yes. or a key pass or something, you, you don't realise how often you need it. Yeah. They're absolutely essential items. Would have been a big undertaking um, starting a charity, particularly after you'd just given birth. Mm. Oh, it must have been on adrenaline. <laughs> what, what was Oxytocin, yeah. the strongest drug there is. Yeah. <laughs> what was involved in that, in that um, process? Um, so with each charity, there's a committee mm. and the committee is built up of uh, peers in the public. Mm. So each committee member has their own set role in place. So that's the initial um, foundation for a charity. But then it, it also goes into the legalities of you've got to get charitable status, which we do. Yes. You have to get a DGR status. You have to be, you know, have an ABN. You've got to become incorporated. There's a lot of other things. And um, it's... It's been interesting. (laughs) I don't like paperwork. I don't like having to. I'm just not good with that stuff. I'm good with people, not with paperwork. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Massive undertaking. Would have been a huge learning curve, I would imagine. I don't envy you on that one. Oh, good on you for your persistence. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. Absolutely. Coming up next, we'll chat with Helena about why she took a shower on the beach live on Facebook and her campaign for permanent facilities in Frankston to support people experiencing homelessness. Welcome back, everyone. We are on the Dream Home Movement and we are here with Helena from Daisy Chain. Donation chain. <laughs> I am very spring today. Sounds like a really nice name too. Yeah. <laughs> Donation chain is better because it's a little bit more profound. Um, so I know you from a live stream that I saw on Facebook recently. Mm. A very powerful live stream. Did you want to tell me a bit about that? So National Homelessness Week for 2018 was August the 6th to August the 12th. Yep. And for that time, I chose not to undertake any hygiene rituals. So I didn't shower, brush my teeth, my hair, didn't put any deodorant on. Um, I really limited the clothes that I changed. Like I didn't change my socks or my undies or my top or my jacket. It was, yeah. So I wanted to see. I didn't realise you didn't change your clothes even as well because i wanted to see what it would be like as showering is such an aspect that we have every day Mm, it is yeah we get up we do it Mm. or if we don't want to it's our choice not to yes so i had um seven days of no showering and in that time i still had my house my bed my Mm -hmm. kids my car my food i still had money i still had everything else other than that hygiene aspect. And if you watch the, the live videos, you can actually see my mental and emotional health deteriorating. You so, you, so you did live videos throughout the week? Yep. Yep, okay. Wow. So every afternoon. And um, I had a few comments of people saying, you know, well, if I was really homeless, I would go and shower down at the Frankston Foreshore, which is an open shower. So you're open to the elements. It's cold water. Yeah. And I just it's thought, oh. on the actual, it's just like the sand's there. Yep. There's wind. Mm-hmm. There's no hot element to nope. it. Everyone can see you. 
<laughs> so I thought, well, you know, if that is really an option, yeah. then I'm going to go down and shower on Sunday, on the last day of National Homelessness Week, after on my seventh day of non-showering, oh, wow. um, and see how it is. And I don't think I lasted more than a minute or two in there. The water was freezing and... Um, it was the most uncomfortable experience I've ever had. Mm. Oh, wow. So I'm not doing that again. No. no. And so, well, we've got the footage now, so we're okay. <laughs> yeah. And so there was um, – you had a crowd of people come mm-hmm. down to, to see it. I think local member of parliament came yep. down. So Chris, Chris Kruther came down yes, as yep. well and he supported us there. So he came down with his family, which was really nice. That's, that's good. And um, he actually had a flight to catch to Canberra mm. and he literally like ducked in and then – went on like oh wow flight so i really appreciated that that he took the time yeah to detour and support us made it happen jammed it in yeah Yeah, absolutely how did it feel so it was freezing yeah Mm. Yeah. i couldn't finish no no i managed to uh put a bit of soap on my body and i did put shampoo in my hair but i couldn't get it out it was freezing it was beyond freezing Mm. that's it um and every time the wind blew the cold water would just Oh, oh gosh! And you can hear me screaming in the video. Yeah, you know, every time the wind blows, I scream because it is so bone chillingly cold. Oh wow! So yeah, that's no, an intense week, and, and I, nobody deserves that. No, no, absolutely nobody deserves no. that as an option. Oh, you know, well, that's not. It's not an option. No, but you know, I think sometimes you can argue with people with words and say, "Well, no, that's not an option because it's freezing and you're in the elements and everyone can see you." So it's mm. not like you can get a really you know, good wash in all your bits, like all your places, because <laughs> you have to wear. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like be naked. No, I, don't, I wasn't naked. No, you're in your you're in your bathers, which is what I would do as well. I would wear, or I'd probably like. I don't know. I'd wear my. Ba- I'm, I'm going on a different tangent here, but <laughs> I would wear my bathers. So you're not going to get a you know a proper wash. That's not mm-hmm. actually an option. But some people won't have the bathers. Yeah, they might. Yeah, the luxury of having bathers. And so, but if you're arguing with someone with words, mm. it's not as powerful as actually showing them. We're like, hey, hold on a second. This is why this isn't an option. Come and yeah. watch me down this at the, the beach. Reality. Yeah. Yeah. So there are organizations that do have mobile showers. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only issue with that is that, you know, these are volunteers and these are organizations that have very, very limited funding. Yes. Mm. And due to that, they're only able to come down to the Frankston area once every seven days. Oh, that's not enough. No. Well, it's all that they can do. Yeah. You know, I'm sure if these organizations had more funding, had more volunteers, more support, they, they could do more. But I think it's really vital to get out of the cycle of homelessness mm. and to keep your job, to keep your yes. life, to get a rental. You need to look clean and presentable every day. You do. Something you just, you can't look homeless if you want to get out of homelessness. Oh, gosh, that's so true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's quite profound. Mm. That's, yeah. So you're trying to get that permanent shower and a laundry facility Mm -hmm. here in Frankston so that there's a few more options for people. Um, What do you need to make that happen? So Chris Kruther uh, gave us a grant of ten thousand. Mm-hmm. What we need is in kind support. So we need someone to assist us with uh, a site. So if anyone has any property in the Frankston area in the commercial zone, to um, offer us a site to set up and provide this, or we need to receive financial donations. What kind of site do you need? 
It would need to be something that is close to public transport mm-hmm. or close to walking distance to pretty yeah. much everywhere. Yeah. Um, does it have to be like a vacant block? Can it be an existing house? Can it be what sort? So does it have to be a vacant block? Is it like what kind of – does it need to be a vacant block, the site, or does it need – can it be? I think it would need oh, to be a pre-existing be building. Yeah. building. So yeah, yeah, like a commercial style building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm. so you need a site. So if anyone out there has a site that they can that they can donate In or Frankston a, close to to public transport. transport. Yep. Mm. What would the costs be of setting something like that up? Oh, that's a deep sigh. Yeah. Uh, so it's also the building cost. So I've had a lot of um, builders and plumbers and, and all sorts of different tradespeople pledge their support, but it would be the consistent running costs of, mm. of upkeeping it. So it would need to be staffed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and in regards to that, you know, we were hoping to to have it as something that's a continuing project mm. th- that goes on into the long term. Yeah. So insurance alone, um, you know, that – that's going to cost a bit. Mm. What about um, if someone had a commercial premise that had a shower there already or does it have to be purpose-built? So with um, when I was working in an organisation, they used to have the tiled showers. Mm. Now, this client had uh, come in and unfortunately was experiencing psychosis. So what he did was he banged his head on the shower until the tiles broke. Now, once those tiles had broken, when me and another co-worker rushed in, it was a severe OH&S because there was blood all over the place. Mm. So what would be required for a shower in this instant, in this situation would have to be like a lino wall, okay. mm-hmm. so no tiles. It yep. would have to be an opened area with wheelchair access. It would yep. have to be an area that could be easily cleaned, hosed down, um, yeah, you know, bleached. It, mm. If it's being used by so many people a day, mm. it's not like your shower at home. Mm. Mm. It needs to be a commercial. So, how many shower. people a day do you think would use something like this? From memory, I know that City Life had about fifty different people a week. So, wow. City Life was an organisation uh, that had a shower back in two thousand sixteen. Oh, okay. Yep. So, fifty a day. Yeah, uh, fifty a week. Fifty a week. Wow, yeah. that's a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people who need it. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Oh. And that number is always interchanging. Mm. So it can be in winter there's always an increase Yep. in homelessness and then in summer it seems to drop down a bit and then it peaks right at the Christmas period. Radio. Yep, because, yeah, things get a bit complicated around Christmas, don't they? Um. <laughs> so essentially what we're looking to what we're aiming to do is to build a facility that people can come in in the morning um for it to be open between six and nine yep come in have a shower do their laundry have something easy to eat like some cereal or something Mm -hmm. and then continue on with their life and by going to work or to study or to wherever else they need to be um so that this period of homelessness is just a small blip yep yep in their life rather than that defining moment in their life Mm. Um, because, you know, there's so many people who've experienced homelessness and haven't even realised that they've slept in their car for a week and and technically been homeless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's very, very, very profound. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. If anyone um, does have um, a site, a commercial site that um, could be suitable for something like this, um, please get in touch with Donation Chain. 
um, how, how can they get in touch with you? So we've got a quite a strong presence on Facebook. So if you just click in Donation Chain into the search, we should come up. Um, also, we're donationchaininc.org.au online on the a- website. Absolutely. And you can also, if you don't have commercial life, not mm. everyone does, <laughs> you can donate um, toiletries as well. Yes. Yep. Yes. And towels. The So, you know, the hotels that yep. we all stay at? Yeah. So once their towels reach a certain level of not fluffy or not luxurious <laughs> or not um, lush, not lush, mm-hmm. things like duna covers, pillows, all that stuff actually gets thrown into landfill. Okay. No. Yeah. So really? we do have like a lot of stylists and stuff in our community, mm. guys. Donation chain. Okay. Mm-hmm. When 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 it's not suitable for your show homes anymore. Think about these guys. Yeah. Rather yeah. than landfill, please come to us. Mm. So there's a lady that I'm in connection with and she works with the commercial showers for the hotel services. Yep. And rather than this stuff going into landfill, she gives it uh, to us. So it's all been commercially cleaned. Mm-hmm. It's it's clean. It's fine. These things are, are just not fluffy, fluffy. And do, yeah. do, you, do they get like a receipt, can they... For, for tax purposes and stuff like that? Is, 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 does it work that way or not? It's it's just a gift in kind or how does it work? In if, you're, if you're a business and you're, yep. yeah, and you're giving um, like um, towels and stuff, do you get a receipt for that or no? Just the knowledge that it's going not in landfill, which is a good thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming in. No, thank you for having me. That's really, yeah, it was really a- profound. Absolute pleasure. Yeah. I really enjoyed learning more about Donation Chain. I've loved um, watching the journey on. Thank I said you. journey. Look at me with all the cheesy <laughs> phrases today. Loved watching the journey on Facebook. Um, yeah, on Facebook mm. and um, seeing you in the newspapers and your cool sewing team making the bags to oh, put all the amazing. Yeah, they the, are amazing. Yeah. Making bags to put all the, the hygiene products in yep. and everything. So just well done you. Good on you. You're Thanks. doing great things and uh, we're really lucky to have you as part of our local community. We need we need more people like you. So if mm. you can help Elena, please, mm. please Definitely. do. Yeah. Can I just make a quick shout out? Just thank you to everyone who supported the charity as well and to the amazing volunteers and committee team because I could not have done this alone. Absolutely you can. Yeah, big shout out. Big shout out to the crew that's helped Elena. Um, it takes a lot of hands to uh, make an organisation like this yeah. oh, yes. work. Yes. So Let's keep it going. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, coming up next, we have this finance segment, which is presented by our friend Sam Keats from Keats Accounting. And she's actually going to talk to us about how you can um, claim tax deductions when oh. you're making charitable donations. So if you're on the fence about making a yep. financial contribution to donation chain, then um, Sam will let you know what some of those tax benefits are. And then after that, we have the property geek out with Tara. So yep. looking forward to Welcome back, everybody. We are here at our finance segment for tonight. And for finance, we have Sam Keats. Are you there, Sam? Hi, Tara. Great to speak to you. Oh, good to speak to you again, Sam. (laughs) We are talking donations today. um, And we're wondering if you could tell us the um, insides and outs of um, how, um, with tax, you can work in donations. 
Yes, so essentially for a donation to be tax deductible, it needs to be an amount of over $2 made to a charity that is registered on the deductible gift recipient register. So that means that they have applied to the tax office for a concession to be recognised as a charity that has the ability to accept donations and give people a tax deduction for them. So it's very easy to look up um, if you want to. They're on the Australian Business Register website. It does list, um, if you look up the charity, it tells you whether they're or not they are listed on the register. Mm-hmm. Uh, but pretty much all of your, your big charities are going to be. Um, there are Look, there are some ways around it. If you're running a business through certain structures like a, a trust and you can potentially distribute to other organisations that may not have that status. Okay. But, you know, typically it has to be an organisation within Australia that is, is there for the public good and has gone through that process of applying. So what will happen is once you've made your donation, uh, typically in cash, but you can, in some instances, make a, a donation of goods as well, mm-hmm. um, that organisation will supply you with a receipt mm-hmm. and you can then claim that in um, your tax return. Okay. So I guess one of the big tips is that the uh, tax deduction will happen according to the name that is written on the receipt. So in the instances of perhaps the family where you have one um, person working more than the other, oh. then it's always a good idea to make your donations in the name of the higher income earner rather than having both names on the receipt or the person that made the phone call, for example, just oh. ask for your receipt to be um, in the name of the hiring income earner and it won't be a problem, they'll issue that for you. And that just means that you're getting the most back for your mm. donation. I love that tip, Sam. That's amazing. And I'm so glad I heard it because um, I always like to make a few donations around Christmas time. Um, so that's a really practical tip. Make the donation in the name of your highest income earner um, to get the most um, tax benefit out of, um, um, yeah, out of giving. Um, and yeah, why not? Because the government wants you to do that. Some employers will allow you to set up regular deductions from your pay as a salary sacrifice for donations. And some employers also... Um, do a matching program. So I know, um, for example, my husband works for Westpac and Westpac have a charitable foundation that matches the gifts made by any of their staff. Mm-hmm. So anytime I make a donation, I make it in his name because um, Westpac will then um, double that donation. So it's always worth thinking about that as well mm-hmm. in that sometimes there are ways that you can have more coming back from, for the charity um, mm. if you've got a group like that that will match your donation. Very, very smart. I love that. Love that. Great, great thing to know. Um, and Donation Chain is a great charity if you're looking for someone to do- donate to this Christmas as well. So, Absolutely. And you can get that tax deduction. It's um, always a, a great thing to consider, particularly for things like those people that are really hard to give for. You know, a, yeah. a donation of their name is, is a really... Um, an awesome way of rather than just giving them something they don't need. It's um, making a difference. Oh, thank you very much, Sam. So that's Sam Keats at Keats Accounting. How can we find you, Sam? Find us on Facebook under Keats Accounting. Uh, our contact number is 9770 And my email is sam at keatsaccounting.com.au. Oh, always a pleasure, Sam. Thank you very much. Anytime. Thanks, Sam. Bye. Night, ladies. Bye. Bye. Oh, oh, 
Oh, it's lovely. I know. Yeah. It's very timely, isn't it? It is very timely and uh, I didn't know that about the highest income earner. Yeah. And, and, um, well, why not? Yeah. You're doing a good thing. Yeah. You know, the government wants to encourage that sort of thing, yeah. so why not? And looking to see if your employer has a program in, uh, to match it as well. Can I get geeky now? Let's get into the geek segment, <laughs> Property Geek Out with Tara. Hey, hey, hey. So I'm going to be talking veggie patches today. Yay. Yay, because the weather is awesome for it. Um, so look, even if you haven't put um, your veggies in yet, there's still time. Get it in now. Make that happen mm. this weekend. Um, you should get a crop by Christmas. Yes. Oh, what a lovely Christmas gift. Well, this is what I'm thinking. Mm. Like... One year I did do a whole lot of um, herbs in pots as presents. Aww, yeah, I like that. yeah, absolutely. So you could sort that out this weekend. Do a mass plant up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I mean, I look at Christmas time. There's so many objects that happen, isn't yes, there? Yes, yeah, yeah. And herbs, fresh basil, some thyme, some mint. Um, you know, at Christmas time, we're entertaining, we're eating, um, and to have the fresh herbs handy are mm. such. It save you, actually save you a lot of money, really. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's very expensive to buy them. It is. It is buy themselves. Well, exactly, and less wastage. You know, yeah. like if you buy fresh herbs, put them in your fridge, half of them die by mm. never get eaten. So, the great thing about having in your garden is you always have just enough, exactly yep. what you need, and it just tastes amazing. So, yes, get some herbs, get some veggies happening, even if it's a couple of pots. You know, I, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll admit to something here. Mm. Um, because my kids, my youngest one, um, I do have a really young kid and two others, so life's busy. And um, I've come to the realisation that um, I forget to water my pots. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> so I have a self-watering pot, you know, with oh, like wow. a, a well in it sort of thing. Like oh, you can just get them cool. at Bunnings. They're not particularly expensive, but they just have like a recess of water so they don't dry out. I love yeah, and honestly, that's the only way I can keep them alive. <laughs> that's a that's a really good tip. Yeah, that's a you really could good have tip. like a whole veggie patch in a series of pots. Like honestly, you really could, yeah, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And pick your pick your spots so they don't get too hot and too sunny. But um, yeah, well, yeah, you can move them around if they're exactly. in a pot. Exactly, yeah. and that that is the benefit because you do just get those stinking hot days. Mm where nothing's going to be happy yep. in the sun. Yep. So you will own that space. And we do get them you down will, here. You will go further than your neighbour that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tara, uh, where can people find you, follow you, chat with you? All over the internet. So you can <laughs> find me on Instagram. I'm at Tara Loves Building Dreams. That's all about me um, and my building projects and my building and renovation community. Um, you can also join my our, our building and renovation community called Building Dreams Mornington Peninsula. Just search us on Facebook, Building Dreams Mornington Peninsula. There's over 3,000 locals there who are doing renovations and building projects of their own. Um, we've also got builders in the group. We've got architects. We've got building designers. We've got plumbers. We've got sparkies. Everyone's in that group mm. sharing ideas, making projects happen together. It's a really beautiful collaborative it space. Is. It so, is. yeah, if you're down here, join mm. <laughs> all right then that's how you can find tara well hey that brings us to the end of the show it uh does. before we go i would like to give a shout out to everyone and i hope i, I hope i pronounce this correctly to everyone listening in kenner in the usa k-e-n-n-e-r which is in the state of louisiana i think it's in, louisiana yeah i think it's in new orleans actually <laughs> they are the top listening 
suburb or town for the podcast this week. So they're they're winning the listening competition this week. Wow. So g'day everyone in Kenna, USA. Thank you for listening. And to everyone listening, we hope that your projects are going well. Please reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram. Just look up Dream Home Movement. And hey, if you're enjoying the show... We've got the live version on 98.7 RWPFM mm-hmm. and we also then have the replay on iTunes So if you're in, as a podcast. Mm-hmm. So if you're enjoying the show, please pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. Mm-hmm. Thank you again for joining us. Just a good one. Yeah, good one. Okay, because we rock. <laughs> Thank you again for joining us and we look forward to chatting with you again next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Dream Home Movement. Wishing you all the best in your projects this week. We would love to chat and hear what you're up to, so please say hi on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to hanging out with you next week. Catch you soon.